0: If you didn't bring a Bible with you this evening, we have extra Bibles. The ushers do. I'd be glad to let you use one of ours. Raise your hand, and the ushers will get one to you. And turn, please, to Mark, the 11th chapter. Mark 11, 22. Jesus answering, said unto them, Have Faith in God. Everybody say that last phrase out loud. Have Have faith faith in God. God. Say it again. Have Have faith faith in in God. Have faith in God. We are a faith bunch around here. You should expect to hear about faith sometimes at Faith Life Church. And faith life refers to faith, uh, the faith of God. It refers to the life of God. And it refers to the lifestyle of faith, a way of living. Didn't the scripture say, the just shall live by faith? Not just get out of calamities by faith. Not just get delivered in emergency situations by faith. But what? Live. Another place it talked about the just walking. Well, uh, was it 2 Corinthians 5, 7? We walk by faith. Not by sight. So we walk by faith. We live by faith. But I know just in the few years that I've been involved and in my opinion, had the privilege, like many of you, to sit under some of the best teaching on the subject on the planet, period. Ministries like Brother Kenneth Hagin. In fact, that was his commission. The Lord told him, go teach my people faith. I believe he did it. Don't you? I believe he fulfilled his commission. There is no greater thing than to do what you were born to do. Glory to God to finish your race and finish your course. Mm -mm -mm. I'm going to say me next. How about you? Hmm? Do you believe you can? That you can run your race? That you can finish your course? That you can be and do what you were put here? To be and do? Well, I assure you of this. You'll have to do it by faith. (laughs) It'll take faith to find out about it. It'll take faith to receive it. It'll take faith to do it. Do you think so? And uh, the subject has been taught on a lot in a lot of circles and I'm thankful for it. And we don't need less teaching on it. We need more. But we need it rightly divided. We need truth that makes free. We don't need confusion. There have been some things that some folks have been confused about concerning faith and that's not the lord because he's not in confusion did you know that he's not in confusion and when you know what you're talking about you're not confused and you're not confusing now you agree with that but but let me give you an example to to talk about how it comes across we live in a heady generation intellectual did you know it intellectual and knowledge puffs up didn't the scripture say and so a lot of times people think it's a sign of superior intelligence that you can ask a question that they can't answer right. not realizing they don't know the answer either yeah. <laughs> Just asking a question. And uh, people are actually impressed with somebody that can go on and on about something and be very complicated and complex. And people are prideful that they are and they'll tell you quickly, well, I'm a complex person. (laughs) I'm very complex. (laughs) Let me translate that for you. You're a confused person. (laughs) I know people don't like that, but when you get it right, it's simple. When you get it straight, when you get the junk removed, and the truth remains, and the light is there, it's not confusing, it's not complicated. If our first parents would have just kept it simple. Don't eat the fruit of the tree. (laughs) Eat the fruit. You will die. Is that confusing? Is that complicated? Don't eat the fruit. But I'm telling you, I don't care if it's two words. The devil can confuse it if you'll let him. That is his specialty. Is making something simple complicated. (laughs) And trying to make you feel like you're smarter because you're confused now. (laughs) Well it's not an easy subject. It's a lot more complex and it's much more involved. And there's so many different tangents. And there's so many different things to consider. No, you just are in darkness. You don't know what's important and what's not. You throw out everything that's irrelevant and all you got left is this. It gets real simple. No, you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you what? Make you go, hmm, it's a lot to think about. No, what will it do to you? It will make you absolutely free. It'll free your mind. It'll free your soul. It'll free your body. It'll free your life. It will make you free. What did he say here? Does this sound confusing to you? Have faith in God. Let's say it again. Have faith. In God. Sometimes after certain teachings. People have gotten confused. They're saying. Well now is that. Common faith. Is that special faith. Uh, Is that my measure of faith. Is that. uh, Where am I. Everybody go over again real slow with me. Have faith. In God. (laughs) where's my word level? I've heard people go into great debates about the difference between believing and faith. And try to get all in depth about the difference between believing and faith and the spirit and the mind and the soul. And think they're really doing something. But if it's light, it's simple. I said it's simple. And don't let somebody bog you down with stuff. The Lord gave me a statement the other day. I want to give it to you. It's revelation. Have you ever seen somebody that they're doing something that's violating the word? And somebody tries to talk to them about it, and they bring up another verse that they don't understand, or maybe that you don't understand. And they imply that, well, if you don't understand that verse and I don't, well then this one don't apply either. Who said that? Lack of understanding of one verse doesn't exempt you from walking in the light of a verse you do understand. Because God holds you and I accountable for the light that we have. And see, people are trying to do that. They're trying to convolute things. They'll go back under the law and they'll talk about uh, you know, something comes up. They're in sin in their life. They're in sexual sin or in there in some other kind of sin. And they know it's wrong and they don't want to try to talk and debate about that. But they'll say, well, what about these laws concerning women's uncleanness? And what about uh, so and so and their multiple wives? And what about this? What about it? What's that got to do with you in this verse? You might know what I'm talking about. People try to act like, well, because I don't understand this, that exempts me from being accountable for the." Oh, no, honey, it don't. The ones you don't understand and you don't see, he doesn't hold you accountable for. It's the light that you have that you're held accountable for. And a lot of times you and I both need to say, I don't understand that. I don't know. And if it's true, then he'll give you some grace in that area. Because you really don't see it and know it. But when you know something and you understand it, don't you start hollering about some other verse you don't understand. (laughs) You better walk in the light of this, because you are accountable for that. Because you do see it. You do know it. Somebody said out loud, it's not complicated. complicated. Read it out loud again, what did Jesus say? Have Have faith. faith. In God. Say it again. Have faith. faith in God. Somebody got some answers just then, didn't they? Glory to God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Go to Second Timothy, the first chapter. Second Timothy. The uh, first chapter. And the twelfth verse, Second Timothy 1.12. He's talking about the things that he was experiencing, the bondage, the persecution. He said, nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Was he having faith in God? Notice he didn't just say, I know what I believe. What did he say? I know. I know whom I have believed. I know in whom. Referring to the person of the Lord. What did the master say? Have faith. Not just in this principle or in that principle or in this truth or in that truth or in this teaching or in that teaching. Have faith in God, I know in whom I have believed. Are you with me on this? And I'm persuaded. This is faith, isn't it? I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. The title of our series, I said, is Faith in God, faith in God, faith in God, people have branched away from faith in God, you can have faith in all kinds of things, and it not be God, you can misplace your faith, people have emphasized things, I believe, to their own hurt, let me give you a little short list, Of people having faith in things. That's not the same as having faith in God. Faith in yourself. Is not faith in God. What are we talking about tonight? Do you know already? What Faith. Faith In. God. God. What's the victory that overcomes the whole world? It's our faith. What kind of faith? Our faith in God. Our faith in God. Our faith in Him. Not just in what, but in Him. We know in whom we've believed. We're persuaded fully that He, He is able and faithful to us. Faith in yourself. Faith in your family. You hear people say things... And you would think it was a scripture verse. Well, I believe in family. You ever heard that? We strong, we believe in family. Well, okay. But that's not faith in God. And if you say, well, I believe if a family really, really is a family. And they stick together. You can make it through anything. You're wrong. I said you're wrong. Without God. You can't. Don't care how much you think you love each other. It's not enough. Faith in your kids. Faith in your grandkids. (laughs) It's good to have confidence in them. and, And believe in them. But that's not the same thing as faith in God. You don't just want to believe in your kids. You want to believe in God for your kids. Come on, are y'all with me now? Is it the same thing? Believing in your kids. Believing in God for your kids. No, see there's sinners that don't even go to church believing in their kids. That's not faith in God. But it's a form of faith. But it's not faith in God. Faith in prayer. You hear people talk about that. We believe in prayer. (laughs) We really, really believe in prayer around here. That's not the same thing as faith in God. There are millions of people all over the world that pray, 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 pray. Don't even believe in God. Don't even believe in Jesus. They pray to something else. And they believe in prayer. The same vain repetitions, counting beads, spinning wheels, they believe in it. When they get in a terrible situation, they go spin that wheel all day long. They go count beads till their fingers are bloody. They believe in prayer. And you can perish believing in prayer. Jesus warned us, didn't he, about vain repetitions. Didn't he warn us? He said you can even pray in tongues. Didn't he say, didn't the Word say, through Paul, the Spirit of God, say, First Corinthians, you can pray with the tongues of men and of angels. And if you're not praying from a place of love, you're just like a symbol. Just like somebody beating on a pan. Well, that's, what good praying is that? Here's you praying all night, and here's somebody beating on a pot all night. Same thing. What good is that? No, we believe in the God who hears prayers and answers prayers. And I'm not trying to be technical. This is a big difference. We don't just believe in prayer. We believe in God. What did Jesus tell us? Come on, what do He say? Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Faith in works. Faith in what you do. Faith in work. There's a lot of people. They believe, well, if you'll work hard, you can get anything you want. If if you'll work hard enough, you can be anything you want to be. If you'll work, work. That is not true. There are people that have worked five jobs their whole life and worked themselves into an early grave. And never achieved their goals. And was broke. Now the Bible teaches diligence. And teaches work. But our faith shouldn't just be in work. That we're going to be a success because of our work ethic. Now what I'm talking about is a lot of stuff from the world has gotten in the church. And the same thing that the world is believing that's going to enable them to make it through and be a success, you got Christians talking and believing the same thing, and people have been sublime so and so undeveloped, that't even seen it. Right. So says believe in work. I mean, that's what's going to get us through. We believe in this, we believe in that. And bells and whistles ought to be going off with us, going man, you can do all that you want, and without God, it's not going to happen, right. unless the Lord build a house. They labor in vain. Faith in money. (laughs) See, that's what happened with the rich young ruler, wasn't it? He was a good man in a lot of ways. And the Lord looked at him and he loved him. And he said, one thing you lack. Well, that ain't bad. Wasn't two or three. (laughs) But it was one big one. He said, liquidate. Sell out. Invest into the poor. Come follow me. He was sad. Wouldn't do it. Why? Jesus put his finger on the issue. His faith was in his money. He didn't believe he could live. Or live like he wanted to. Or be like he wanted. Without that money. And so he wouldn't do it. Faith in money. What Jesus tell us to have faith? In God. Somebody say faith in God. faith in God. Faith in God. The list goes on. I won't try to name every possible one, but you, you have to watch thing after thing in life. You know, working in healing school. I saw so many people that had faith, more faith in the doctors than they did in God by far. More, Their faith was in the medicine. Their faith was in the doctors. And we believe in doctors. We thank God for them. But doctors can't heal you. They can help in some things. And a lot of folk in this room wouldn't be here tonight if it wasn't for some doctors. Help get us through things. And we're thankful for it. But the problem is when you put more stock in what they tell you than what the Word tells you. You can see people. They're shouting about by his stripes I'm healed. And with long life he'll satisfy me. And they go in and get a bad report. And say well you're not going to make it. And their feathers just fall. What does that mean? They believe more in what the man told them. People put more faith in attorneys. They put more faith in the government. They put more faith in mama. And aunt Minnie. They put more faith in their education. The bottom line is, what or who are you counting on for you to make it through? I mean, you can go in church, you can say hallelujah, you can say amen, you can take notes. But what it really matters is when you're facing something, when you need something, what are you counting on? Who are you counting on? What are you really counting on? What are you really looking to? Really depending on to make it through. If it's anything other than Him, you're in peril. Because the best meaning people can fail you. People that love you with all their heart can fail you. The strongest companies can fail. The richest people can fail. The best doctors can fail. Did you know it? The best attorneys can lose cases. The best doctors can lose patients. They do it all the time. And if you put all your hope and all your faith in them, and you're looking to them, you are on sandy ground. Shaky ground. Jesus said, have faith in God. Do you have faith in God? Do you believe your faith in God could grow, could increase, could become greater? That's what we're about in this series. That's what we're on. That's what we're pursuing. Would you believe with me? And let's examine ourselves whether we be in the faith. Like the scripture said. And if we've been putting too much faith in this person. Let's believe God to get our faith out of that person and in God. If we've been putting too much faith in that company or in that thing or in that machine or in whatever it might be. God will help us to see it and get our faith out of that. And in Him. That doesn't mean we can't use these things or He can't use them to help us, but we must not let our eyes get on them and trust in them and rely in them and have our faith in them. There's only one. I said there's only one who is fully worthy of your complete trust. There's only one who's fully able And worthy for you to completely look to and rely on. And say, "Well, what are you counting on to get you through? God. And you're not just talking religious talk. You mean it. Your eyes are on Him. How are you going to make it through this? You don't hesitate. God. He's getting me through. He's the one. And He won't fail me. He can never come to me and say, I'm sorry, Mr. So-and-so. We've done all that we can do. That's not going to happen with him. It could happen with anybody else. And everybody else. But not him. He's not going to come to me and say I'm sorry. But you know times are tight right now. And we were going to get that money to you. But it's not there now. No. He supplies according to his riches. In glory by Christ Jesus. Can't happen. That he's not able. And then what Paul was saying, I know in whom I've believed and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him against that day. Somebody say, I am persuaded that he is able and faithful to me. Praise God. Praise God. Let me give you some definitions. And again, I'm going to give you several words, but I'm not endeavoring to complicate. I'm endeavoring to simplify. The words are accurate and a little different, but they really say the same thing. What is faith? What is faith? If you look up the words in the Hebrew, in the Greek, let me read some of them to you. To be firm. To build up, to support, to be stable, to be certain, to be quiet, to be established, to be permanent. Do all these words painting a similar picture. What are they painting? Foundation. What can you do with a foundation? You can build on it. You can live on it. If stuff is sinking, if stuff is flooding, if stuff is collapsing, where do you need to be? You need to get somewhere where it's firm, where it's stable, where it'll support you, where it's established, where it's permanent. And on that, you can trust. You can rely. You're gonna be okay there. You're gonna be safe there. That's what faith is. And read some other words to you. Those were Old Testament words. These are New Testament words. Confidence. Again and again, you see that word. Somebody say confidence. Confidence. Another word is convinced. Convinced. You also see the word persuaded. Persuaded. Convinced. Another word is reliance. To rely on. I like Vine's definition. He says firm persuasion. Persuaded. Persuaded. Rely. I'm going to give you one word that agrees with and ties into every one of these words. Trust. Trust. Somebody say trust. Trust. If you trust somebody, you got confidence in them. If you trust somebody, you count on them. You rely on them. If you trust somebody, it's because they're trustworthy, they're stable. The word truth comes up in these things. Let me read this to you from uh, from some of the gospel accounts. The Bible talks about no faith, it talks about little faith, and it talks about great faith. Which category are you volunteering for? Well, in the no faith category, <laughs> Jesus, well, uh, first of all, 2 Thessalonians 3, don't turn to these, let me just read them to you. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 2 in the NIV says, not everyone has faith. Not all men have faith. I'm reading the scriptures. John 20 and 27 When Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it, you know, till I can put my finger in the hole in his hand and put my hand in his side. Jesus said, well, reach your finger here and behold my hand. Put your hand right here. Put it in my side. Be not faithless, but believing. Was the Lord pleased with him? Because he was being like that. He was refusing to believe. He said, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. In Mark 4.40, he asked them on occasion, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And in Luke 18 and 8, he said, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? Faith in God is what we're talking about here now. And faith in God is precious. And it's not as common as many would like to think. It's implied that we got people all over the place who have faith in God. We have social and political questions. What faith are you? And what most people should answer is none. Or almost none. Or very little. Well, we're having a big time already tonight, aren't we? Come on now, examine what the Scripture says. When the Son of Man returns, shall he what? Shall he find? Didn't say, will there be at least half the world full of faith? No, find some. Now, everybody has the capacity to have faith. I'm talking about faith in God. And a lot of people are having faith, like we've already said, but they're having faith in all this other stuff. They believe in this, they believe in that, they're counting on this, they're relying on this, but not faith in God. And Peter calls this like precious faith. Do you remember that? Faith is precious. Somebody say precious. Is your faith precious? Don't take it for granted. Don't assume that you've got all this huge amount of faith. Don't assume people around you have. I'm telling you, real faith is precious and real faith is powerful. Very, very powerful. And the reason I'm talking about this is because you've got so many people that go to church, even people that call themselves faith people, and there's such little faith really there. And so they're trying to go into other categories to try to figure out what's wrong and solve their problems. Saying, well, you know, well, I've got faith. I know about faith. I'm a faith man. I'm a faith woman. Why do you say that? Because you've got 40 series on faith in your closet? Because you go to a church that's got faith on the door? That doesn't make you a faith person. That doesn't give you faith. Are y'all with me, guys? I know what I'm talking about. I don't know at the times. In endeavoring to minister to the sick, especially years ago when I did more of this, you know, on a daily basis, I'd have people say, you know, could you go see so-and-so? Could you go see my nephew? Could you go see my, my brother, this one? You know, they have a lot of faith but could you go pray for them? And you get there, and they got no faith to be healed. None. None. And yet here's their whole family saying they had a lot of faith. And they had no faith to be healed. No faith to come out. There's obviously some confusion about what faith is. Isn't there? People think it comes by osmosis. There's some people think that they're a person of faith because they were born in the U.S. Oh yeah, I'm a U.S. citizen, Christian, yeah. I grew up in a Christian home, I'm a person of faith. What does that mean? So many times, nothing. Nothing. There isn't faith. We should be desirous of real faith. We should understand it's precious. And the Lord treasures it. Have you read enough scripture to realize the Lord treasures real faith in God? Doesn't He? How many times He'd remark. I mean, not all the time do you see Him impressed, turning around, looking at His guys going, mm, mm, mm. I, tell, I hadn't seen faith like that through this whole country. Looking at the woman, going, woman great is your faith girl you are doing it you are believing God and your baby is healed go to the house and see does faith please God does it please Jesus it's even possible for him to be impressed now that's a big thought (laughs) it's even possible for him to be impressed with you And your faith there's so many things people are trying to get to God and impress God some way or another with what they're doing and they're ignoring what he said faith is it it's precious somebody say precious Precious. and powerful powerful. say it again precious Precious. and and powerful now tell me what we're talking about Real faith, which is faith in God. Not just faith in myself and my family and my friends and prayer and teaching and principles and not faith in Him. The person. God. Real faith in God. Go to Luke, please. And look. At the seventeenth chapter. We're quoting from the uh, eighteenth chapter, but let's back up to the seventeenth chapter. We read verses that said, Shall he find faith on the earth? Second Thessalonians three, two said, Not everyone has faith. Several verses Jesus referred to his own disciples as having little faith. Do you remember that? Little faith. And if you look up the word little, the Greek literally means puny. (laughs) You could say it like this literally, puny confidence. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't care for anything puny. Do you? I do not like puny cars and trucks. Do you? I don't like puny airplanes. I want them to go when they're supposed to go, go. I don't like these cars. You get to the light and you put your foot on the floor and count to five and it eventually pulls away. Oh, Lord deliver me from that stuff. (laughs) I'd always had big dogs for Phyllis and I. uh, (laughs) Well, and even after we got married, I had a Doberman. Man, he was hefty. And the family at one point had some uh, Rottweilers. And and man, I like a dog. When he barks, he shakes the windows. You know what I'm talking about? And so Phyllis wants this uh, Shih Tzu. It's about that big. It's interesting because we got a Rottweiler... And the Shih Tzu at the same time, little, little puppies, and one of the Rottweilers for my my dad and mom. But we kept them for a few days till we could get him to her, and we brought him to the house. And the first thing the Rottweiler did was attack one of the plants, and he ain't that big, and he shook the leaves off of it. And then the Shih Tzu went and lay down under the some little corner. Now we kept that dog, uh, the Shih Tzu, how many years? Like. Oh I mean she lived a long 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 time and um before it was all over with I had to give her due I said well she's not very big but she's all the dog she can be <laughs> she's she's and that's all you can ask of anybody right I mean just, <laughs> just be all you can be <laughs> do you think the lord is pleased with you and me in puny Faith. Puny. Why would he bring this up to them? Let me read a couple of them to you. He said, why are you so fearful? O ye of little faith. This is when the winds and waves that he calmed them. And they woke him up, you know, one time in the ship uh, when there was a storm. And he said, where is your faith? And uh, Jesus, you know, when Peter uh, began to go down in the water, walking on the water, he said, "O thou of little faith, puny confidence. Why did you doubt? Puny. And talking about their uh, needs being met. He said, why take thought for this or that? Oh, ye of little faith. Puny confidence. I don't want to be identified with puny confidence. Do you? I reckon having some is better than having none. But why stop there when you don't have to? Why shouldn't we have strong confidence in our God? How many like the sound of Abraham? He wasn't weak. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded. Somebody say, strong in faith, strong in faith, strong in faith. That's what we're believing for in this series. For you and I to become strong in faith. It's not so hard. It's a choice. It's a way of life. Did you find Luke 18? Or 17? Not puny faith. Strong faith. Luke 17. Jesus' disciples had a request of him. Luke 17 and 5. What did they say? The apostle said to him, Lord, increase our faith. He's talking to them about forgiving their brother many times a day. (laughs) And they said, oh, man, I need more faith to do that. And I don't know what else they were looking at, but they got the revelation. Our faith is not where it needs to be. It needs to come up increase would you say that too Lord increase my faith increase our faith well we've already got the answer to it in the next verse how many know he's the same yesterday today and forever whatever he told them is what he's telling us what's the answer to the cry the prayer the desire Lord increase my faith what's the answer Jesus said "All right, be good (laughs) and I'll give you some more soon as I get around to it. Be good. No. What did he say? The Lord said. If you had faith. Let's just stop right there. (laughs) What they didn't say. Give us some faith. What did they say? That sounds like our bunch. Oh man. We've been in the word now for. Decades. Faith people, that's us. Oh yeah, we faith we got. We know you could always have more. And so Lord, yes, we'd we'd like to have some more. And he said, Well, if you actually had some <laughs> Am I making this up or not? What did he say? If if you had Faith as a grain of mustard seed. So how much faith do you reckon they think they had? (laughs) Is this a revelation for them? Should it be a revelation for us? There are reasons why things are not happening like we know they can be and should be. And the bulk of the answer is right here, right here. How many times did Jesus' own disciples come to him and say, Lord, why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we cast him out? Lord, why couldn't we get this? Why didn't this happen? What would he tell them? Because of your unbelief. Wouldn't he tell them? And how many times would he say, where's your faith? Why are you so full of fear? Why are you doubting? Where's your faith? And it's easy to come to church and sit up and take notes and assume, well, faith we got. We just need to learn some other stuff. It's not true. I said it's not true. The Lord's been uh, dealing with me as we go out on the road. We'll be going up to Pennsylvania this week and having some meetings. And nearly every time we've gone out in the last year or two, the Lord will have us to have a miracle night. And we've had some miracles too now. But it's been, some of it's been challenging. Because the Lord will deal with me. Now here's what you do. You preach on this. And then you get the people to believe with you for miracles right here, right now. And you can tell with group after group after group. It's like a brand new thing to them. I'm talking about faith churches. We're not all that hot at ourselves. Right here. And that's as much me as you. I hadn't taught you as much on it or done it as much. Endeavoring to do what he tells us to do. You know, you can't do everything at the same time. But I can tell when you go to do this, you say, okay, everybody, let's stand up. Okay, everybody, let's believe God right now for miracles right here. Let's believe God. People will stand there and look at you. They'll clap. Reminds me of a seal at the zoo. (laughs) This ain't got nothing to do with believing God. This is how green we are as the church. Let's all stand up and believe God. You see people stand up with their notebook and they're taking notes. People looking at each other. They're looking at you like, do something. <laughs> Folks don't know how to believe God. Faith is real. I said, faith is real, it's precious, and it's powerful. And sometimes it's taken us a few minutes. And thank God there has been enough teaching on it and enough people know a little bit about it till you get, maybe not 100%, but you get a good group of people actually start, they close their eyes, they forget about you, they start believing and expecting right now and you can feel it. You can feel it when it kicks in. And just like that, the Lord will begin to show you things. He'll begin to do things. Healings begin to happen. Miracles begin to happen. Well, we had not been waiting on God for Him to do that. He's been waiting on us. Do you believe God would train us and show us yes. how to believe him yes. and have real faith? Yes. Well, we got to quit pretending and calling stuff that's not faith, faith. We've, we live in an entertainment society. And church has been too much like entertainment. People come sit and just watch and listen. And do nothing. See everybody's supposed to be believing God. Right now. Hmm. Not just waiting on me. To say something clever or. Enlightening. Because I can't of my own self do nothing. I can't do a thing. I don't have a thing. Unless he gives it to me. And if it was something good. I didn't come up with it. It came from him. And all of us. You and me. Are to be believing God together right now. For utterance for direction using our faith not just sitting and looking and yawning and looking at the watch and waiting and wish he would pep it up step it up a little bit Or or. (laughs) this is not a concert this is not a movie this is not a TV show this is church we're supposed to all of us have our eyes on him looking to him expecting from him actively believing Using our faith. We're coming into the era of this on an increasing level. I believe it. More and more groups, not just here, all over the world, are going to learn how to believe God as one man. Whole houses full and whole buildings full of people. Don't you remember in the book of Acts when they were in one place? One mind. One accord. What were they doing? They're expecting. They're believing. They're actually in some faith. And oh man, the Spirit of God begin to manifest. Things begin to happen. Miracles happen. It's not complicated. But it does require faith. What did he say? What did Jesus say? If you had faith, in this scripture right here, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. Now I don't know how big they thought their faith was. But I'm pretty sure they thought it was bigger than that. (laughs) Don't you? How big is your faith? (laughs) Well. All we have to do is look at our life. Look at our results. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. So here is a confirmation of what we've already learned. Faith is precious. Isn't it? It's not as common as people might think. It's not as plentiful and abundant everywhere. We've seen too many scriptures. The Lord kept telling people, why is your faith so little? Puny faith, puny faith, no faith. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? These things paint a picture for us. Faith is precious. There's not an overabundance of faith. But here comes the next part. Faith is powerful. How much do you have? Well, how much do you need? Because look at here. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say to the sycamine tree, How much faith? Hmm? So, how much faith do you need? Powerful. 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 Precious and powerful. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say to this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. We're talking about tree ripping up, transporting hundreds of miles or more through the air, planting into the ocean, power, mustard seed. Somebody say potent, 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 powerful, powerful, precious. Precious. So can you see, though, that it's also a confirmation that these folks don't have all this amazing, great, vast faith and still are not able to get what they need and need some help. No, no, it's just not true. People are calling a lot of stuff faith It's not faith. If you had just a little bit of real faith amazing things can happen in your life. Just a small amount of real faith. I want you to get this in your eyes and in your mind. I want you to see as you leave here tonight, as you go back home, I want you to see just a little bit of faith. Kind of like an atomic particle. I want you to see it on the inside of you and it's got the, the things moving around on the outside, you know. And it's glowing. Huh, potent, powerful, amazing, It don't take much it doesn't take much- How many understand if mustard seed, caliber faith would rip up a tree and propel it through the air over a great distance and secure it in a giant body of water then. That much or less, let's say a tenth of a mustard seed, could sure fix your liver. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. Thank you. Hmm? Yeah. Oh, or touch your kidney. Yes. I mean, your kidney's already right there. Sure. Yep. <laughs> Ain't got to propel it very far. <laughs> we don't want to rip it out, <laughs> just needs a little tweak. Yeah. How much faith would it take? Not much. Small, small, small amount. But yet the real thing, real faith and real faith in God, real faith in God. How many have a hunger and a desire to learn about real faith, real faith, real faith and not play games and not pretend and talk a bunch of talk, and quote a bunch of quotes? No, no. Say out loud, oh Father, oh, Father I, know, I know real faith, real faith in, you, in you. Pleases you pleases you. I desire to know more, to know more about this. About this. Show, me Show me what's real faith, what's, real faith, what's, not. what's not. Show me, Show me how, to how to develop and have real faith in you. Faith in you. Correct my thinking. Illuminate my darkness. darkness. Guide me. Teach me. me. And I'll pursue it. I'll I'll embrace it. I'll receive it. I'll I'll hear it. I'll I'll do it. it. Be honored. honored. by By our faith in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. He said if you had faith. As a grain of mustard seed, you would say. Now there's a revelation, isn't there? What is an indicator of real faith in God? Saying. Saying. Not just thinking, not just a position. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If it's really in there, your confidence in Him, your trust in Him, your reliance in Him, it'll come up in you. If it's in you strong enough, it'll come out of your mouth. It's just the most natural thing. You get to dwelling on how faithful God is, how good He is, how true His Word is, how powerful He is in your situation, it'll come up in you. And like the Scripture said, in fact, turn there and look with me. 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13, 2 Corinthians four thirteen. He had said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say. And here in 2 Corinthians 4, 13, he says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I what? Spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Every person that really is born again and a child of God, do you know how they got that way? How'd they get that way? They had real faith in God, didn't they? Real faith in Jesus, no other way. To get born again, no other way. To become a child of God. And Romans 10 tells us exactly how it happened. Hmm? For with the heart, man believes. Not your head, not your intellect, not your body, your heart. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If that's true and the most important thing in your life, being born again, it's true concerning every other thing and walking by faith. You believe in your heart, you say it with your mouth. You believe in your heart, you say it with your mouth. It's no wonder uh, religious folks that are confused make fun of people like me and you, because the devil despises this. Oh, it's one of his greatest fears, that the church is going to rise up and realize how to believe in their heart and say with their mouth, it will actually absolutely change their world all around them, won't it? Because you begin to operate like God. That's how he operates. Yes. He conceives and believes in his heart. And he says, light be. Things change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> say, yeah, but that's God. Yeah, but you're his child. Yeah. You're made in his likeness and image. You're a little chip. Yeah. <laughs> off the big block. Right? And in time to come, you're going to be more and more and more and more and more like Him. It won't stop with this life. This is just the beginning. We're going to operate like Him. Function like Him. And He intends that we learn how now. Not when we get to heaven, but that we begin learning now. And He'll just add to it and take us on up from there. Past this life. It's why He left some demons and disease and curse to practice on. I mean, think about it. What if you had the breastplate of righteousness and shield of faith and helmet of salvation and feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and loins girt with truth and sword of the Spirit, all dressed up and nothing to fight, nothing, nothing to deal with. No, he, he left some stuff to overcome. And anything that's an obstacle or a challenge in your life, you need to look at it and go, oh, this is time for me to use my faith. Yeah, this is just something for me to exercise on. Use my faith. Another opportunity for God to show how big He is, how faithful He is, how powerful he, And for me to prove that I trust Him. Without seeing and feeling, I'll believe Him and trust Him right now. And it's qualifying you and I for permanent places in his eternal kingdom past this life. Oh. What pleases God? Help me out. Faith pleases God. Are you interested in faith? It pleases him. Go to Hebrews 11 and maybe we can close with this. We'll see. Hebrews 11, 1, what does it say? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I would say to you, this is not a complete, all-encompassing definition, because what does the rest of the chapter talk about? (laughs) A lot of you didn't like that. He's talking about one aspect of faith. Faith is a living thing. And it is so powerful and so vast and so far reaching. He's given us a side of it to look at. But that's obviously not enough because the whole rest of the chapter is showing us different sides of it. Come on, can you see that? Don't just grab verse 1 and say, I got it, this is what faith is. No, read the rest of the chapter and that's just to get you started. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I've heard a lot said about substance. And if you look up the way the word's translated throughout the New Testament, I don't know if it all bears out. The word is other places translated confidence. That agrees with what we've already read. And the idea is that of a foundation that sits under. Faith is the confidence of what? Things hope for it is why you are confidently expecting because you have faith. Substance. Look it up. More often it's translated confidence. Faith is. Let me read this to you from some other translations, including Young's literal. It's real good in that. Faith is of things hoped for, for a confidence of matters not seen, a conviction. That's Young's literal. You know the author of Young's Concordance? He ought to know a thing or two about the language, right? Faith is the things hoped for, a confidence of matters not seen, a conviction. These two words, are, I believe, are very accurate. Confidence. And conviction. The NET says now faith is being sure of what we hope for. Being convinced of what we do not see. The NAS says faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. Keep hearing the same thing. Weymouth says now faith is a well grounded assurance. Assurance. Now you see him bringing in that foundation idea, don't you? Well-grounded assurance for that for which we hope and a conviction of the reality of things we do not see. Can you tell we've got a lot to learn about faith? The danger is thinking you know a lot about it. Thinking you have so much. But it's good to find out if you were thinking something wrong. It can be a revelation. You can realize, well, that's why that had not been working. We'll just change this and get some results now. That's good news. That's good news. Hope is not desire. Hope has to do with expectation. And faith is what you're standing on that gives you a right to expect. How do you know that it's really there? That it's real? Faith is the conviction that it's there. You don't see it. You don't feel it. How do you know it's going to happen? Why are you expecting it to happen? Faith is the assurance of what I'm expecting. And it's not complicated. It all comes back to a simple trust In the one who told you it was that way. In the one who told you it was happening. Simple, 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 simple. One of the greatest examples in the Bible is Abraham. The Bible said, go with me to Genesis 15. Genesis 15, what did Jesus tell us to do? Have faith. In what? In who? In God. Well, the Bible in Galatians 3, 6, you're going to Genesis 15. In Galatians 3, 6, says, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Verse 7, Know you therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. Is that you? Is that me? Are we the children of Abraham? We're his children by faith. Was Abraham a real faith man? Yes. Did he have real faith in God? Yes. yes. He had real faith in God. Jesus said have faith in God. Galatians here says Abraham believed God. So we know Abraham wasn't confused about what he was doing. We know it for several reasons. The Bible said he believed God. We can look and see he got results. It worked. Miraculous. Amazing. We know faith was at work here. Real faith. And we're told exactly how it happened. Genesis 15. Verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Tell me how faith comes. Comes by hearing. Hearing by the anointed word came in a vision and said fear not abram i am your shield and your exceeding great reward i'm getting excited right now Mm-mm-mm. put up hebrews 11:6 on the screen you hold your place right there in genesis what does hebrews 11:6 say anybody know without faith It is impossible to please him, to please God. For he that comes to God must what? He must believe that he is. That he's real. That he exists. That he's God. Friend, we're talking about real faith. The real item that like that mustard seed can rip stuff up and transport it and and plan it and change it. This is it's no more difficult than this. How many in here would say without any double mindedness, you believe that God is, that He exists, that He is real, nobody can talk you out of it, nobody can argue you and convince you of otherwise. Somebody said out loud, He is. He is. God, is. God is He exists, he exists. He's real. He Abraham already believed this before this encounter with God. Notice the revelation God gave him, though. Flip back over to Genesis there on the screen. Y'all got it, Genesis 15? What did he tell him? He said, Abraham, don't be afraid. Is he wanting Abraham to get ready to believe him? Yeah, it's fear of the enemy here. Yeah, don't fear, Abram, I am your shield, and I am your exceeding great reward. Oh, Abraham didn't have Hebrews. He couldn't read Hebrews 11.6. And see that it's impossible to please God without faith. And he that comes to God must believe that he is. And he must believe that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But this is all he needed. He got the word now. He can believe it now. Too many so-called faith people have got a wrong idea that they can take their faith and do all kind of things with it. And their faith is in their faith. And people, have, they've had some success because it was in line with what God said, and then they've had failures because the Lord never said anything about it. They just decided they're going to believe it, and they're going to do it. And their faith was not in God, their faith was in what they could do with their faith. But the truth is, you can't have faith in God until and unless you have heard from God. Faith comes not just because you decide to have some. Faith comes not just because you need some or because somebody asks you or wants you or needs you to do something. Faith only comes by Hear. by hearing from Him. Hearing from Him. You can't just off the top of your head say, I'm going to believe that Brother Keith come mows my grass tomorrow. Well, did he say he's going to come mow your grass? No, but I have a lot of faith. And my faith works. And I'm just going to believe that he comes. you got no basis for your faith. How can you believe it? Well, I just believe that he is. The only way you can believe it is if Keith told you that Keith would come and do it. Now you could believe what I said. That's the only way in the world you could have faith for it. And we're not just talking about running off on some random tangent. We're talking about faith in God. And the only way you can have real faith in God is that you've really heard from God. Abraham's a man of faith. No question about that. But he couldn't believe that God was his rewarder until this day. But on this day... Oh, the Almighty spoke to Him. Oh, come on now. And how many know it belongs to you as a child of Abraham? It belongs to you. You got it in the New Testament. You got it more than one place. How many believe not only that God is, but you believe... Oh, this is big, this is big. You believe He is a rewarder? Let me read this to you from some other translations. The basic English says, It's necessary... For anyone who comes to God to have the belief that God is and that he is a rewarder of all those who make a serious search for him. The NCV says, anyone who comes to God must believe that he is real and that he rewards those who truly want to find him. Now, there are millions that go to church and they believe God is. But they don't believe that last part. Do they? They don't believe that. They believe you might seek God. And him never show up for you. It may not happen. It may. It may not. Probably won't. This is the thing. That will make your faith. Able to lay hold of his goodness. And see miracles where others don't. He is a rewarder. And He rewards you. When you seek Him. When you reach for Him. He responds to you. When you draw near to Him. He draws near to you. Come on now. When you seek Him. He causes Himself to be found of you. When you ask, you receive. When when you knock, He opens it up. Oh come on. Do you believe? He opens it up. When you believe you receive. You shall have Come on, do you believe it? Yes. Do you believe it? Yes. All things are possible to him that believes. He is a rewarder. He is not an unattached God who's mighty and all-knowing and way far off. And he created this thing and he gave it a spin. And we've just got to do the best we can. While he watches from a distance in amusement. No. You got to believe he is. You got to believe he's God. You got to believe he can do anything. He's all powerful. You also got to believe he loves you. He loves you. He cares about you. And he will respond to you. And he'll reward you. And this is the part people have been weak, 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 weak on. They haven't used their faith in this area. Some folk have touched on it just a little bit. They've dared to believe that God would do something good for them. And the people that have have been pleasantly (laughs) enlightened and sometimes surprised at how quick and how much he responded. Because he is good and he loves you. And he wants to do so much more. Go back to Genesis. Genesis. We know Abraham believed God. We know he had and operated in real faith. And we're his children by faith. He said, Fear not, Abraham, I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? The steward of my house is this uh, Eliezer of Damascus. And you've given me no seed. And one born in my house. Is my heir? This is weighing heavy on his heart. He said, "Well, Lord, I, no matter what you give me, I don't have anybody to leave it to. You're my exceeding great reward. That's great. That's neat. But I'm old, and I got no child. Tell me how you get faith. How can you have faith? Comes by. Is he about to hear something else? <laughs> His faith is about to shoot up from right there in Desertville where he was. In Childless Town where he had been living. His little life, his little family, his little stuff. His faith is about to soar throughout the universe. His faith is about to soar from where he was all those centuries ago and touch me. And touch you and our kids and our descendants and eternity. Friend, do we know how big this is? What's about to make the difference right now? How can his faith leap up like that? He's not happy about this. He said, well, God, that's great, but I don't have anybody to leave this to. The Lord said, this shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. And he brought him forth abroad and he said, look toward heaven, tell the stars if you be able to number them. He said to him, so shall your seed be. Abraham said, I appreciate it, God. You've been real good to me already. you my exceeding great reward. Whew, that's good. But I ain't got nobody to leave it to. I'm old. I won't be around much longer. The Lord said, no, that's not going to be your heir. Your own child is going to be your heir. And come here and look. Come on, put yourself there. Put yourself there. It's nighttime right now. Look up in the sky, he said. Yes, sir. He said, can you number all those stars? How many are there? He said, no, it's too many. I don't know. It's big. It's more than a million. It's more than 10 million. It's more than 10 billion. It's more than a 100 million quadrillion billion. I don't know, God, no. He said, that is how many children you will have. Abraham didn't get in his head. He didn't say two times three plus one and over the next 20 years and 40 years and if you did this and if you added this and even if you did this and how many, how many and my child and he did none of that. Come on, read the next verse. What did he do? Come on, help me out. What did he do? What did he do? And he, for something to be so amazing and so powerful and so eternity life changing, it doesn't take long to say it right here. He he believed in. He didn't say he believed it was mathematically possible. He believed it was physiologically, socially possible. No, he believed in the Lord. Oh come on. Come on. He believed. When you believe in somebody. You don't have to understand the figures. Or the how. Come on. You don't have to understand. The ins and outs. Or the ways. Or you don't have to have the answers. The angel said. You're going to conceive a child to Mary. She said, how can this be? I don't have a husband. I've never known a man. He didn't try to explain that to her on a molecular level, a physiological level. How do you explain the spiritual supernatural word becoming flesh? How do you explain that? Even if you have been to college. How are you going to get there? You know what he says? The power of the highest is going to come on you. We're talking about somebody, somebody, somebody. Did she believe in him? And she said, well, be it to me according to your word. Behold, handmaiden of the Lord. That's me. I'm your girl. I'm your woman. I'm the one. And she was, you can see why the Lord picked her, didn't you? So many people are thinking they're so smart. They want to argue. They want to ask a thousand questions. They want to tell you why it can't be. And how come this? And how come that? And it's not because they're smart. It's because they're full of unbelief. And it'll choke you off. And it'll hold you out. And it'll keep you out of the miraculous. Keep your answers away from you. Abraham didn't understand how all this could ever be. And he didn't have to. He's looking up in the sky. I'm sure his first thought when the Lord said, can you count all of He's thinking, no. He said, that's how many children you will have. It'll be your children. His first thought was probably, wow. <laughs> he uh, he has to turn his head to look through the night sky and to see. And that's just the ones he can see with his naked eye. And he knows there's a lot more out there that he can't see. And he's thinking, and without any delay, what did he do? Come on, help me. What did he do? What, without any delay, without any more explanation. What did he do? What did he do? He believed. What does that mean? He believed. What does that mean? Come on, help me. Is it complicated? Is it hard? What did he do? He said, if you say it, that's it. Because you're God. You can do it. If you say it, there's no way you're lying to me. You can't lie. There's no way you can't do it. You're God. You can do it. And you told me you're my reward. So I know you love me. I know you want to do it for me. He believed the love that God had for him. He believed the graciousness and faithfulness that God is extending to him and his family throughout eternity. It was giant. It was huge. It was beyond his understanding. But it wasn't beyond his faith. He believed God, and immediately it pleased God, and God counted him righteous in his sight before him, and said, That's my friend. Mm. <laughs> friend. This is available to every one of us. Every one of us can live like this. Don't make it complicated. It's very, very simple. You want to have an ear to hear what he would say to you. It came up in my spirit just a moment ago. Everybody stand up. Reverence the Lord here for just a moment. Close your eyes. Focus on him for just a moment. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. This came up in my spirit. Help me to say it right, Lord. I've been wanting to say things to you. But you were not able to hear them. You were not able to bear them. I knew you would have rejected it and cast it down as impossible As too big. As too hard. But now your faith will grow. Your faith will begin to increase. And rise up. In the nurture. Of the Spirit's presence. And the nurturing words of faith. And I'll begin to say things to you. That will open up your spirit. And open up your mind. Do not think. How can it be? How could it ever be? Do not say. In your heart. It's impossible. For then you would disqualify yourself. From the precious things. That I desire to do for you. And in you. And through you. And by you. But say. With my servant and my friend and your father, Abraham, say, I believe. Lord, you are faithful and I believe. Lord, you're well able and I believe. Lord, you'll surely do it. I believe. Lord, all that you say, Surely come to pass, nothing's too hard for you, and you love me truly, and all you say you will do, you will do. I believe. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lift your hands and praise Him.